welcome to Creative Block. We're your host, V. And Sean. We interview people in creative industries about their life, work, and hobbies while we doodle jam. We ask people on Twitter and Instagram and Patreon. And uh, uh, there's another place where we ask for questions, too. A mysterious Everywhere. place. A mysterious place. <laughs> Discord, if you're a patron. We ask people on all these different platforms if they had specific topics they wanted us to discuss as well as some drawing prompts i just open my window and i yell outside and see if, if they have any questions today <laughs> we have with us umaima yay welcome oh! to the show hey everyone <laughs> thank you so much thanks for having me guys of course it's a pleasure this is so fun i um i so we've met through discord yep. <laughs> um through i would say like the struggle discord of yeah. like being an la expat yes. <laughs> just everyone sharing their like stress <laughs> yeah oh, trauma bonding nice. that's that's trauma good bonding uh, lovely <laughs> it always works um <laughs> where do you where's your I guess I always wonder like how to ask that question in LA. It's like, is it okay? It's like, where are you from? Like, where's your oh. primary home? Where are you? <laughs> you know, what's I, I think for me, it's okay because it's so obvious from my accent that I'm not from here yeah. at this point. So I'm just like, it's okay. <laughs> and ex- we were talking about visas a lot. So, so we did have confirmation beforehand. That you weren't right, from yeah <laughs> exactly so it's okay i and i love talking about where i'm from too because you know it's always nice to kind of acknowledge my past but um i'm actually originally from nigeria specifically mm-hmm. northern nigeria and it doesn't matter but i love saying <clears throat> i love specifying that i'm from northern nigeria just because there's like a very conservative culture there around girls just getting like education so you can imagine a girl like trying to go into animation it it caused chaos in my family definitely (laughs) but (laughs) but you know it happened and i just think it's a big deal so i do like to talk about that so yeah that's where i grew up with um, my family i have like six sisters wow that's really cool how did you so that's a great way to get into that next question. How did you get inspired to pursue animation? Huh. There's like so many aspects to that. I think there's two parts of it. There's like the very girly aspect, which is, you know, me watching Disney princess movies and like all the other shows about like cool girls like Wings Club, mm-hmm. um, Totally Spies. I was always obsessed with it because they had like pre- pink accessories, mm-hmm. especially Totally Spies. Oh my God. I'm like, <laughs> I want everything that they have. So I was always mad that those things didn't exist in real life. <laughs> and um, the other side of it is also my dad loved Tom and Jerry. So he used to like recruit me into watching it with him late at night you know I'm supposed to be asleep so my mom doesn't really know that we're up doing that so (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it was like watching doing like watching both of those watching just like girls doing cool things on tv and being girly while doing it and also watching like Jerry terrorize Tom and I got inspired I was like I want to do this but 
honestly at the time i don't think i realized that people were doing this i don't know where <laughs> what i thought animation was coming from like did i think it was just like showing up <laughs> in thin air i know? like i like the idea that you wished that you had like <clears throat> like spy radar but also you wished that you had like a giant mallet that you could hit somebody on the head with and they turn into a pancake. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So and yeah, you... eventually when I sorry, sorry, but Oh no, I was just gonna agree with you. I feel like when I was a child it was the same. I was like I just thought I don't know, cartoons came out of a factory. There was a, a cartoon factory and you just you know, boop at the end of the conveyor belt it's like a Tom and Jerry cartoon. I know, exactly. <laughs> I'm like yeah, obviously p humans aren't making these like magical moving drawings, but turns out they were. <laughs> and I would be one of them eventually. That's really cool. That's really really cool. Wait, wait, do, wait. Do, did you say that you you you're happy to be a cartoon character now or happy to make cartoon characters now? <laughs> okay. No. Okay. Make cartoon characters. I mean, basically, if you see the way I dress, I do look like a cartoon character. <laughs> like wearing all pink with like hair buns. You sometimes. have the mallet. So Oh yeah, I do have the mallet. Drop How a, did you know? Drop a piano on someone's head. <laughs> How did you know? That's so funny. That's so funny. I feel like the mallet. Um, have you? Do you watch any anime by any chance? Um, not as much lately, but I have seen some. I've tried. <laughs> it's really funny that the mallet in eighties anime was like a really big thing. It was like they would often like, um, especially like female characters would just kind of when like there was like a, a male character that was being a little like too pervy or anything. Like yeah. the female characters would like bring out the mallet and like smash them I oh don't know. my god that was a thing that yeah, was yeah, a very yeah. common gag oh my god that's... i can't believe that that's so awesome i love it though it's very 80s it's very like <laughs> late 80s early 90s for some reason. yeah yeah now it kind of disappeared it's not really it's not really in it anymore it's really funny <laughs> Did you did you study art in school when you were like in high school or like did you take any art classes extracurricular classes? Oh, mm. Um, when I was in high school, definitely not. <laughs> like, um, there was an art class, but it was focused on art history. Mm. You know, um, the teacher was basically teaching us about like Neolithic paleolithic i i'm probably not saying them right because it's been so many years eras kind of like cave art and all that greek you know so that was like what i got and it was after i kind of spent a year in south africa and mm -hmm. um, that i was like okay let's take this animation thing serious and my school counselor was like well there's this school called scad and Literally, I just went with like the first name she dropped on me because <clears throat> I wasn't, I was like, I just need to get out of here. So I'll take whatever you give me. And... The bar was low. You're just like, anything. Oh, there's one person that uh, knows how to draw and I'll just go over their house every day and they'll teach me. That's fine. Yeah. That's a school. For me. Oh, that's fine. I'll take Hell it. Yeah. So yeah, I was like, okay, I'll take it. So you can imagine my surprise when like I came here and after... Uh, some few years in SCAD when I mentioned SCAD people are like that is so cool I'm like yeah so cool <laughs> I definitely thought of that when I was applying <laughs> meanwhile it was just luck 
and I did feel really lucky to have gotten in because I felt like I was doubting myself, you know, mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. getting in. I was like, no way this is going to happen. But when that admission letter came in, I was so, so excited. Oh, that's so cool. And, yeah, you- that's that's like the only art thing, I've, <laughs> art classes I've taken. Oh, really? So what did yeah. you have in your portfolio? That's really cool, because I feel like SCAD is like a prestigious school that a lot of people mm. apply to and don't get in. <laughs> is it all just yeah. self-taught? You just were drawing on your own? like? Yep, I was drawing on my oh, own. Yeah. I was like looking at what other people were doing. I would like stalk artists on Instagram, you know, the popular cool ones like Lois, <laughs> and just be like, I'm going to try to paint what they're painting. I never posted it, of course, because I didn't like, you're not supposed to do that. But I would like try to imitate their style just to kind of practice for myself. And what I did apply to SCAD with were like some really, now that I'm thinking about it, scary looking characters (laughs) and and also some like live looking characters kind of. um, I remember this parrot was part of it. And yeah, I guess that was good enough, luckily enough for me. So I just went with that. That's really cool. Did Thank did you, you kind of like, uh, did you stress out about doing your portfolio at all? Or were you just kind of like, oh, I'll see what happens? Oh, definitely. It did not help that like I was going online to look at people's portfolios. Oh. And I don't know if you guys know about that, the whole portfolio tour thingy like on youtube where artists will kind of post the portfolio that they apply to schools with oh i didn't know about that oh yeah That's it was new. a thing i feel like it, yeah yeah in my generation it was on blogspot we would post the portfolios there i didn't know yeah. people did that on youtube that's crazy they were doing that on youtube but here's the problem okay. their portfolios were all like so aesthetically pleasing and organized so you can imagine what i was (laughs) what i was going through mentally like seeing those i was like oh my god the stress is real but apparently it didn't matter and i came to realize that it's social media so we kind of try to make things aesthetically pleasing you know to attract people so yeah that's so crazy. And so did you feel did you feel like you had to did you feel the pressure to match the aesthetically pleasing type of vibe or did you or did you just try to find the confidence in yourself to make something <laughs> different? <laughs> I definitely did like feel the pressure to make it aesthetically pleasing. I don't think I'll be lying to myself if I'm like, oh no, I was confident and I was just going with my heart. (laughs) But I really wasn't. I mean, eventually I felt like I didn't have a choice about it. And I just kind of, you know, did. I kept kept thinking of like, I have to meet this deadline. So I was Mm. like, we need to wrap this up, Umaima. There's no time to be crying about perfection right now like just get it done so that's what i did (laughs) got it done and yeah worked out oh wow yeah that's strength in in spirit strength in the deadline and then in anxiety i i i I think that it does it does powerful things for you i mean like just just holding a fire (laughs) under your butt and 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 saying i "I have to get it done i can't i can't focus on if it's good or bad it'll take a lot of 
those fears away if like your only fear is just getting it done right yeah I try so hard to be like to not depend on that because sometimes I do feel like it's so good at making me get things done you know <laughs> and I'm like no Umaima do not depend on the stress and like you know the rush wait to the last minute all the time it's the only way right <laughs> ah, lessons we never learned them <laughs> you heard it here first folks <laughs> you heard it here first oh my gosh how was it like what was it like um being in scad was it in terms of like did you what kind of classes did you take what did you focus on it was it was really fun I think for me, I felt like I was more excited to be at SCAD than <laughs> a lot of people oh, yeah. at SCAD, which honestly, I get it, you know, because um, I kind of came from a place where I wasn't attending. I didn't have like all the schools. So for me, like seeing that for the first time was like, oh, my God magic <laughs> and you know other people definitely already had that so i'm sure they didn't like it wasn't that amazing to them but i think like i really enjoyed my time and i kind of had um a lot of fun making friends there and also that was kind of my in to really the industry as a whole. I kind of really started knowing the people that were in the industry from there. I started understanding what was going on in animation. Like I was just, you know, reaching out in the dark before and just doodling as I go. But it became more serious for me when I started attending SCAD. And that was what I wanted anyways, you know, like mm -hmm. I knew that I wasn't getting that back at home. And if I really wanted to kind of make it, I needed to be somewhere that would actually help me make it. Yeah. Do you feel like you met more of your network through your teachers, through your peers, both? Uh, I think social media. Oh, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> it's such a Gen Z answer, but it's really the truth. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like all my success and like every good thing that has happened to me has been through social media i try so hard to not be embarrassed about that because you know like good things are good things <laughs> and yeah. you can't like yeah be ashamed of that but yeah like a lot of the things my jobs have been through people finding me online mm -hmm. the friends i've made in animation have mostly i knew them online before i moved to la and then we finally decided to hang out so stuff like that it's kind of been kind of being posting my work online has really helped my just growth as an artist as a whole so i think that's where mostly my network came from I think that's great to hear though, because that's the thing where like, I feel like for me, that was kind of how I got noticed in the US as well. It's just yeah. that for me, it was back in the days of Tumblr, but mm. I guess what was, what's your favorite social media or like the social media that you feel gets you the most noticed? It was definitely Twitter. I was not having luck with the Instagram algorithm. <laughs> so it was like um, Twitter was where it was happening for me because people would see my work. And when they retweeted it, you know, others will also see it. And mm -hmm. domino effect, basically. That's so I interesting. Was, yeah. Yeah. 
I was like on the Tumblr, on Tumblr around the time it was popular, but I just wasn't confident enough in my work mm-hmm. at the time. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like Tumblr was just so short-lived compared to the other social media. Like, mm-hmm. um, so I, it's funny to hear Twitter because I feel like for for a hot second, like Instagram was the place to be, but then oh, I definitely, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you said, the algorithm now, it's so hard. You have to be posting all the time and slideshows and reels. And it's like very, very demanding. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Like, I don't have time for that. (laughs) I can't. (laughs) How, How often do you post on Twitter? Um, I would say for my art, honestly, especially now that I'm not working full time, I kind of have a better grasp of it where I can post maybe once a week or once every two weeks I don't think I'm as consistent as a lot of other people that kind of have it down and sometimes I will do it twice a week if it's a good week for me and Mm -hmm. I feel like I want to draw a lot you know Mm. yeah I like to ask this question because I feel like um the um, how often you post definitely uh, changes the way you get noticed. Um, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I like had a dry spell when I started working on Proud because that was first industry job. I did not know what the demands were, and I was just so overwhelmed with everything. So I couldn't even find the time to make art for myself, which meant that I kind of stopped posting online. And I could tell when I did that, my whole like. It was like my page disappeared. All my friends that I spoke to more like in a consistent way or I I felt like they could see my art. It felt like they weren't seeing it anymore. So definitely you can tell that there's um there's an influence when you don't, you know. That's so frustrating. Post for a while. On, yeah, I'm like on Twitter also? Do you feel on Twitter also? Yeah, it was it, oh, it was Twitter. God. Yeah, it wow. was like I disappeared. I was I just felt like, I was like, maybe did I make my friends mad? I'm like, oh, maybe you did not make up to like <laughs> 10 people mad. Already. Imaginary oh, friends. The algorithm. That's yeah, why you're know, an artist. Right? Your imagination is so good. You made up all of your friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> God. That's so crazy. Because I felt like, I don't know. I don't really know as much about Twitter. I feel like I've always thought, like, I've definitely... So this is the little social media uh, blip, everyone. We're just going to hash it out. You guys love it. Yeah, you you love the the big tech talk. But um, I I, I do think it's important to talk about because I do think a lot of artists get their first gigs through social media, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. I do believe that... um, so being like paying attention to the hashtags is a great thing on Twitter. And I've always thought Twitter worked great with like hashtags, but... Uh, I didn't know that Twitter would also kind of like, quote unquote, punish you the same way Instagram punishes you when you don't post enough. Because I've definitely felt that with Instagram. They changed their Mm -hmm. algorithm recently-ish. And it's like, the more you post, the more the social media will boost you. And it's like, (gasps) it's so rude. I'm like, come on, guys. Some of us are sad and stressed (laughs) and overworked. please okay honestly honesty time have any of you guys ever paid to have your stuff boosted like hate it well you online yeah you know how you can pay to have 
Instagram boost your posts and oh. Facebook and Oh yeah. Yeah. Not, have you ever I, done that? I'm have you ever done it? Lie. Yep, yep, I have done it. <laughs> I think I did it like twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think it did work. I think it did help, but I I re- I'm like I was just thinking the benefits do not No, they don't <laughs> match no, up. No, it it it, it, it feels up. like it's a bunch of bots, but no one comments mm-hmm. on your post. I I yep. made a big mis- I made a big mistake. This is so embarrassing. I I I did <laughs> I did a boosted post and I must have clicked something that was like never make it end. Keep keep going. And oh and, gosh, and, and and I got a notification. I got a notification that was like you owe like a thousand dollars to Facebook, and I was Whoa! like, "What?" what? Well, I, I also, oh my God. also, I was like, "It hasn't been working, <laughs> like nothing <gasps> really? happened," and, and um, and I just didn't pay it, and I filed a claim that I was like my account was hacked. I didn't do that, <laughs> and I never paid it. But uh, pro tip, pro tip, everyone, listen, pro tip, pro tip. If you if you want to stick it to the man. Just tell them your account got hacked. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> oh my god. Ah, That's so embarrassing. I would have started crying. <laughs> I did. I did boost a couple of posts just to check because I was talking to a friend who told me that they did that and they noticed a, a very big difference. And I think it helps with the very small accounts when you're at the mm. beginning, when you have like under one k. Uh, and you're trying to get to that because I feel like mm-hmm. there's okay people people can debate us in the comments because I am not <laughs> I'm not a social media whiz but I feel like there's like a couple of like threshold and you have like getting your 1k followers is kind of like ooh, finally I'm getting some likes every time yeah and then you kind of get the 10k is kind of like the next big step I feel like because then 10k you kind of unlock a couple of like things in in the um, i don't know if it's still the case but on instagram it you could unlock that way like the links and you can have you could have like more features basically mm. and then you wow. and then i feel it's like 50k and then it's like oh like now it's like there's people like there's like a steady amount of like you know yeah yep and then I guess it goes on forever. A hundred, a million. Um, oh my god! But I feel like, but I feel like, okay. When you started, you let's get back on track here because I got lost, <laughs> got lost in the weeds. Let's just keep listing numbers. <laughs> I like that. I feel like we're done with drawing now. We're just talking about numbers. This is just, <laughs> this is a counting counting block. Accounting uh, one one. <laughs> When when did you feel like you were getting noticed, uh, approximately, like in mm. terms of like followers, but also, I don't know, in your in your, so on the timeline of your career, but also on mm. your social media followers, I guess. Okay, like, I feel like it was around my third to fourth year in SCAD, which would be like two thousand and eighteen, two thousand nineteen. I always like to like kind of charted out and I call that like my peak because mm-hmm. <laughs> after I was done and so <laughs> like you know dead and tired but um yeah I feel like around that time was definitely when things kind of started getting 
better for mm. me online mm-hmm. and also just in general i felt like i was interacting more with people in the industry so i was like oh, okay we're getting there so, uh, yeah so it probably had to do with the fact that i was taking drawing seriously you know mm-hmm. turns out that works apparently you, draw <laughs> <laughs> you get people's attention <laughs> i'm angry about it but yeah <laughs> So I think that was like my. Have, do you feel like um do you, do you feel like in your experience hashtags like portfolio day or like uh, sometimes they do like um, visibility hashtags? Do you have you ever used those or and do you think they're useful? Um yeah definitely I think I I think they've really been helpful um especially I know some of the main ones that have helped me a lot were like um. Vis- um, women visibility like mm-hmm. art women visibility um drawing wild black that mm-hmm. abel is running and portfolio day too i think portfolio day definitely might have gotten my animation work out there because the others i mostly focused on like just my illustration work mm-hmm. but with portfolio day i knew that my target was animation so i kind of posted more this dev pieces character design pieces you know all that kind of stuff so i do think they have like helped people and i mean you can always tell because it feels like we kind of start seeing more smaller artists Mm -hmm. kind of join the art circles yeah so you're like oh okay people are kind of getting their stuff noticed that's nice that's really great i i like to hear about these different like ways to showcase art because sometimes it can be kind of like hard to just post every day and then you feel like you plateau and nobody's like noticing your art you know what mm-hmm. i mean so mm-hmm. like trying to find these little like tips and tricks you know mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. as as you started um making the transition from being in like sort of the self-study mode the internet drawing mode into drawing with people in person and then later jobs what are some of the what are some of the the biggest differences that that maybe maybe thought the uh industry or or like being an artist making money would be compared to like how it, how on the internet it looks that's a great question. i think the f- yeah <laughs> that is a good question i think the first thing is I'm no longer my art director, right? <laughs> yeah. So I'm not ruling myself anymore. I'm not like, because if you see my art, that's especially not animated related, there's a lot of pink in it. So <laughs> I can <laughs> I can be like more pink. Although with Proud, my art director did love pink and glittery things. So it worked out. But, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, yeah. So there was definitely that difference in like, I have to kind of consider other people's input a lot and I don't think it was hard for me maybe it's the thing of like being the first child with a lot of siblings where you kind of have to accommodate so many people in your life (laughs) so at least that's what I like to think so um that was one of it the deadlines (laughs) of course like I was on my own time when I was drawing Unfortunately, that was not the case <laughs> when you're working for a studio, you have to meet deadlines. And because I think one thing that kind of and I'm not I'm not complaining. No way am I complaining about this. I'm really lucky to have gotten this, you know, um, I moved from like college to Disney 
so cool. the pressure oh mm-hmm. my god the like the imposter syndrome the mm-hmm. pressure the stress i'm just like i cannot mess this up you know i cannot look like the amateur who just mm-hmm. came in and doesn't know anything and then they're like we can at work work gonna let this girl go especially because visa is involved so there was a lot of stress mm-hmm. on my end and it really was just me putting the stress on myself because i would reach out to like our production coordinator who was the person that recommended me for the job just to like talk to her as a friend and mm-hmm. you know i'd be like i am so stressed about this and she's like oh my ma you don't need to be stressed no one is gonna like fire you because you don't know the answer to this because in my head i was like oh i'm getting fired oh, <laughs> this no. <is> so fast. <laughs> she's like no you're not gonna get fired every time you okay. have a meeting they're like no we're just having like a work handout meeting for I the know. episode you're like oh it's a firing meeting oh, no. oh god every time eastwood like my art director was like hey umayma are you online to chat i'm like well it's over let me text my parents <laughs> that i'm coming back home oh no <laughs> well, can, and I, it's like <laughs> God. No, can, can, uh, I'd, I'd love to hear about like like how, how did that because the jump from working and being in school to just being yeah. at disney all of a sudden seems like an unreal thing for for anybody listening <laughs> everyone's like like wait hold on hold on they they just lost yeah. over that part she's just at disney <laughs> like what happened it was like a like 10 years got skipped in the story what happened <laughs> Um, so with Disney, oh my God, I think I still cannot wrap my head around it. And I feel like if anyone that like knew me as a child is listening to this will understand why I still cannot wrap my head around it. And I don't think I will even 20 years from now or 30 years from now. And it's because of how much I loved watching Disney as a child, you know, from the movies and the TV shows the cartoons, like nothing was amiss for me. I was there. <laughs> so um, when you put something like that on a pedestal mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then you're like, okay, I'm going to go for this job. But in my head, it's like, I'm definitely going to target the smaller studios. Like I was in Atlanta at the time. So my target was not LA at all. <laughs> like I was not even looking at it. I'm like, let's be realistic. Let's start with the studios in Atlanta. And then, you know, I can kind of then move to LA and just like work with the studios here. So I was working on my senior film with my friend at the time. And we were ready to to stop making the senior film. And our teacher was like, no, you guys aren't going to not make it you must make it. I was like, okay, because <laughs> she was um, enjoying it. And so the stress of that was already enough. And it literally was a random evening, just like this. I was back at home on my laptop. And then I saw an email like Disney. Oh, thought it was scam. <laughs> I was like, why, why would they? You know, I was like, okay, oh, these people like, just complaining about scam or whatever. And then I open it and it's like, Hey, Umaima, we're reaching out to see if you're interested in color design for like for proud family. So, and so the team wants to talk to you. I'm like, okay, if this is real, I'm going to reply to it and be very serious about it. And then if it's not real, at least I still, you know, like whatever, nothing lost. So I did reply to it. (laughs) Yeah. They're they're like, my name's Mickey Mouse and I need your social security numbers so we can give you this job at, I'm going to need you to go down to the Walmart and to pick up five gift cards 
uh, with fit, uh, $100 each on, on them and then read me the numbers so that we can get you this job at Disney. I was like, okay, yeah, I'll do it because <laughs> it's Disney. <laughs> oh God! So yeah, I found out, and then I didn't tell anyone about it just because I was like, let's keep this close to our heart. So if it doesn't happen, at least the pain would just be like me maybe crying in my room. You know, no one else has to see that. <laughs> but eventually, it just like we started talking. We spoke about like interviews, and I was gonna graduate in like a month or so. So I told them, oh, I'll be able to work under OPT, which is like the visa you get after graduation. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, we'll just work with you on that. And they waited until I graduated and I started in September around the time. So I think what happened there with me getting so lucky to get on there was really, again, my friend that was on the show, Brianna Williams. She runs um, Black and Animated. So she was a production coordinator and she dropped my name and luckily enough you know Eastwood saw my work I was like okay yeah we can work with her and I was lucky enough to be on the show and yeah just from then we moved to you know the working the stressing the fun parts of it (laughs) yeah that is so cool though that is so so cool I love that like it really goes to show how much um Bree's doing she's doing so much for she is yeah yeah she really is I like try to I you know I like to joke about just her being like my parent here since I moved here alone you know I don't really have like any family members here so I've just basically made her my own like mentor or slash mother I'm like Brie I have problems let's talk I'm just like okay (laughs) so she's really like a sweetheart and I'm so lucky that I you know have her in my life to just be there for me she's awesome she like really like because um the black and animated community is so active and there's always stuff going on and there's like Mm -hmm. a ton of events and it's it's really really it's really cool yeah 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 man and it's been going for uh for a while now it's like oh yeah three years more four yeah and they're like they just keep getting bigger too you know like Mm -hmm. i know they had a rebrand recently so yeah they're gonna just keep doing amazing things and i'm happy for her that she like gets to run something that awesome yeah how is uh so can you tell us a little bit about what the the job of a color designer um is like oh sure so a color designer is basically an aspect of character design i like to say because you know the character designer in certain studios or in certain productions will like draw the character draw their poses draw the mouth charts and everything what the color designer now does is kind of do like color passes on the characters to see what will look good in relation to like the art direction of the show or the movie itself well show because i don't think color designers are like on films really so yeah. yeah and the thing is because it's such um i don't even know why but i'm guessing probably a cost situation some studios don't have color designers i feel like mostly the bigger studios Mm -hmm. have color designers you know like disney nick 
Cartoon Network, Warner Brothers, there's mm. like other studios, the character designer just does the job. So it's probably a thing of like cost and also trying to like get things done so fast. So that's basically what a color designer does. They also handle lighting, I would say, of like the characters and the props. They color props and characters. Mm -hmm. They handle lighting to make sure that if there's like a scene happening in the dark, the characters look like they fit mm -hmm. into the scene rather than just like looking like bright blobs of like, <laughs> you know, characters standing in a dark room. So, yeah. So, so I know that... um we're talking about this job you know we know that it exists when did you find out this job exists that's actually a good question when did i find because a lot of people job? don't know about this job yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you're right <laughs> i don't think i was looking at it as much because you know like i said with disney they reached out to me so i wasn't looking at color design at all like my mind wasn't going there like i was doing background painting i was just designing characters and just coloring them you know because i do enjoy coloring characters but i wasn't thinking like i'm doing this with like the job in mind so definitely when like disney reached out i was like oh wait a minute this is like <laughs> awesome i love colors so much this would be like perfect for me and that was when I found out when I was being <laughs> offered the job for it. I hope they don't hear me saying this. <laughs> I hope they're listening. <laughs> I, 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 that would be a good uh, step for us as a, as a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, that's when I found out about it. Because, like, we spoke about color in school, you know, mm -hmm. in a character design class. My teacher did talk about color. It was a lot of, like, oh, this color means this mood and use this thing you know and so that was like as far as i went for color design in school so it was mostly that i was really having fun with colors in my work in general that kind of led to me improving in my color design abilities i guess awesome I was going to say, I kind of wish they'd talk about it in school because so many people really aren't aware of it. Mm -hmm. And it just feels like it's a good way to also get into the industry, you know? How much did you learn when you got your first job compared to school? How is like the difference between learning on the job and learning in school? So much. I feel like I learned so much. The only difference is I was less stressed. <laughs> well dude if you know any scat students you know they would tell you how like we're just walking zombies in that school like the workload was too much and i still get mad when i just remember the fact that they're always like we're training you for the real world but the real world doesn't have like three classes with like the same day deadline you know so i really felt like <laughs> that part was easier the stress was the fact that it is the real world like you're making mm -hmm. the thing that people will see and so i think that was like the only thing that was in my mind that was like stressing me out which i guess replaced the stress of the deadline so not much changing <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah i think that was like one of the main things that kept just going in my head i was like okay i do not have to be stressing about finishing this work for this class and finishing this work for this class <laughs> it was a lot did not like that at all in school 
as a color designer, who do you show your work to for it to get approved? Um, the art director. So you are working under the art director. You guys are basically besties at work, <laughs> and they will. Um, the art director would tell you basically the mood they're going for in that scene so you know especially with like lighting the characters they'll tell you if they have any like references for the characters they're showing at that moment so that you kind of stick to their vision um you know sometimes there's like the first episode i think of proud family where penny kind of dresses up in these like awesome outfits and I remember Eastwood sending me a picture of like this space cartoon lady. <laughs> I didn't grow up with it, so I never was familiar with it. But she wears like orange and blue mm. or something. It, I don't know. He, it was like a picture of an old show. And he's like, yeah, we're going for this vibe. I was like, oh, okay. So, you know, stuff like that. They would like reference. And because it's Proud Family, there was a lot of reference to like real celebrities and real life situations too so so that's, that's kind of i think that's that an works. interesting conversation was it was there anything else when you started working here that were uh, cultural differences to adapt to like like not n knowing a show that you know they expect you mm -hmm. to be like second nature or whatever was yeah. it was that a was that the end of it or was there anything else do you think <sighs> i feel like even outside of animation in general i am still learning american references like <laughs> yeah. i did not grow up with like the classic movies the classic songs the classic like celebrities you know so there's a lot of times people would say something and i'm just like mm-hmm googling frantically about. like i know exactly exactly you get it that's literally what it is like and eventually i just started saying i do not know what you're talking about and sometimes people are like oh okay and then sometimes people are like oh you do not know this and i think a perfect example i always talk about this to like my girlfriend when we're talking about movies like the really popular classics like Wes Anderson movies, Pulp Fiction, mm. you know, those types of like mm. Oscar winning films, never, never sure. knew them, never got into them, never understood them either because I'm more of a Mean Girls kind of girl <laughs> person, <laughs> you know, like silly movies. And that's, <laughs> so, and that's, like... even, harder, that's even harder because you're not referencing a character you're referencing a whole film style that you don't mm -hmm. know for like to do that homework you have to like go watch a bunch of films and like study what makes that style that style and like exactly you get it like we we were in a screen design class and the teacher was like we're going for like an alfred hitchcock i'm like i do not know what you're talking about <laughs> so like these really popular names there's i'm still I still, I'm still trying to like learn some of them. There are things I would hear that I'm like, I don't know, but y'all are happy. So I'm happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's like, there's a lot of things that, that happen <laughs> like that for me. And I'm pretty sure I really believe like the show I'm talking about with the space character. I'm pretty sure if I showed you guys, there's a possibility, you know, them, you know, but for me, I was like, yeah, I don't know if it's not so popular that it got broadcasted like internationally, 
I wouldn't know. And a lot of shows don't show everything mm-hmm. around the world. Like there were a lot of shows that we weren't getting on Disney in Nigeria or we weren't getting on Cartoon Network. So, you know. Man, I am so I'm so bad with that stuff with when someone's talking about something that they're they're like excited about a reference and they're like, Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? And I'm I'm always just like, Yeah, I know what you mean. And like I never say like no because because they're so excited about the thing that they're referencing and I don't want to ruin it. And I'll just go look it up later maybe if it's really important. But yeah. (laughs) Yep, yep. That's pretty much it. Like mm mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> so fun. it's so true that depending on the territory you don't get the same things like yeah for example in france we didn't get adult swim but they would get adult swim in germany so mm. even though they're like right next to each other it's kind of interesting um yeah yeah so did you have to that sneak across the border to to go <laughs> watch Unless you like are in these like territories that are like right on the border, and then you get you catch a little the bit Wi-Fi of, like... from a German building. You're <laughs> yeah. like, but also just like because they have like the regional broadcast, which is kind of interesting because there was a thing that like um, I was kind of talking. This is just a little tangent, French tangent, but like um, <laughs> there's like some territories that are like bordering on other countries. Then y- you would get a little bit of the um, of a shared broadcast. Like even mm. on, even on TV, yeah, yeah. Mm. I don't know if that's the same in uh, Nigeria. Would you feel like uh, you wouldn't be getting the same shows than like on the bordering country? I feel like probably, especially with like West Africa. I know for sure in when I was in South Africa, like the things like what they were getting was very different. Mm-hmm. And I think in general, every African can vouch for this. Like South Africa is like the only country that kind of gets as close to the Western world as Mm. possible, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, they get the movies faster. They get the shows faster. When people are talking about Africa, African countries, they'll talk about South Africa before everywhere else. Mm -hmm. So they kind of got all the... They get all the good stuff. I I was so jealous. (laughs) So, yeah, that's, like... I can definitely tell that, you know, in other parts of the world they were in other parts of africa rather they were like lucking out way better than we were it's so interesting how long were you in south africa it was um a one-year thing and honestly did not even want to go this was (laughs) um a situation of like a deal with my dad where of course i wanted him to support like my animation journey and his like there's this school about leadership that I want you to go to. I'm like, oh my god, that sounds so boring. I do not want to do that. <laughs> leadership <laughs> school. <laughs> yeah, he's like, my dad's like a farmer slash business guy. Like he runs like a dairy company. So, you know, he's all about the entrepreneurship and mm. smart things and all that and like my brain is so creatively like wired and so we kind of clash a little bit around that and he's like well art isn't safe so try this school and 
if that doesn't work out, at least you kind of learned something about like entrepreneurial leadership or whatever. And I was like, okay, fine, I'll do it only because I want you to pay for my mm-hmm. art school. <laughs> so I sucked it up and I went, but I'm not going to lie. I did have a good time. I felt like it allowed me to kind of fall in love with animation even more and kind of, you know, really carve my journey out much better than before. I was just like flailing around the place. And, you know, when I like got there, I finally, my brain was finally like focused and I was like, oh, okay, here's the steps we need to take to actually get this. (laughs) I don't like to tell him that, of course, that it helped (laughs) because I was so like against it. But yeah, I think it did. (laughs) But now you can be a leader in animation. And exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <So fade laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, yeah, let's use those skills. Yeah. Um, what are the what are the main skills you feel like you learned at the leadership school? I'm I'm genuinely curious. <laughs> I feel like I got I think the first one that always comes to my mind is like interacting with people better mm. and public speaking. Mm. I was like shaking before before i like go in front of people to talk i would be sweating stressing <laughs> like you know it it be, it was a whole thing before i just get in front of everyone but because it was a leadership school that meant there were a lot of projects around like fixing problems Mm. (laughs) and that meant we had to present them some in class in front of people some in like the auditorium in front of so many people so that kind of pushed me out of my comfort zone it helped with that and I think that really helped with just how much better I am with talking with people and that made interviews way easier for me (laughs) ironically Mm. you know I'm like oh okay this is this is nice (laughs) Yeah, I'm. I was gonna ask that. Like, do you feel like those are skills that you've been using as an animator? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I'm like in my head because back around that time, it felt like every serious conversation we were supposed to have, you know, in like fixing the problems we were given in projects, it was all about like talking to the people like you knew them already. And I tried to bring that energy into interviews because I'm like. You can't just, it's very helpful to kind of come in and just be comfortable with everyone. Mm -hmm. I think that's something they might also be looking for in someone that they want to work with, you know. So I try my best to not come in and just be like professional, answer two questions. Like you have to be professional, of course, but not like so stoic and, (laughs) you know, just... That is so interesting, <laughs> and that is so true, because yeah. um, Sean and I recently interviewed a lot of people for a producer position, and so it was the very first time, at least for me, that I was in an interviewer position. So that was the first time in my life that I was like looking at a lot of people that were interviewing uh, for a position that I was offering, and what you're saying is so true. I was like, we were like, oh, someone who is comfortable and jokes around, but still is mm-hmm. professional, is like so much more of a guest that shines in an mm-hmm. interview and i was just like oh because no. <laughs> you're also thinking about like like how yeah. fun is it going to be to work to be in the office and you know we're not in an office but how fun would it be to be in the office in the cubicle next to this person like yeah would it be exactly. fun to work with them you know yeah yeah so I think that's like, and I try to give that advice a lot when talking to like people about stuff like that. I'm like, 
guys make interviews a little bit more casual for yourself i feel like that goes a long way i think that also helps reduce the stress for me with interviews and that just makes them like go much more smoother and i'm like oh okay that was fun so, well, you're so doing a great job so far. I think that you're, you're being interviewed very well. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh man. That's so cool though. Um have you have you ever told your dad that the business leadership school was good in the end? Never. It's not gonna happen. Maybe one day when he's older and I'm older. <laughs> you don't wanna give him that win. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, hey, dad, by the way, <laughs> you know, that school really did help. <laughs> but yeah, I'm like, mm -mm. <laughs> if not, he will just feel like, okay, now I can give my two cents to everything. I cannot let him have that much power at the moment. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. <sighs> Uh, that's a, that's that's um really cool though. Like, how often do you guys um keep in touch? Do you like often go back home? Um, the, he actually literally they just left like last week. Him and my mom came over to visit. Since I have not been able to like leave, you know, like when your visa expires, if you yeah. leave, you kind of can't come back until you renew it, but you're allowed to stay in the country as long as you maintain like a certain type of visa in my case the school so yeah. they just like they were like we're gonna come i was like okay and they came over we you know saw the whole of la <laughs> <laughs> and had our fun and just enjoyed not spending my own money <laughs> for, a, <laughs> for a little bit <laughs> like yeah parents always ready to like what, they, what did they think of la they <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, there's a, there's a, there's good things about LA, but there's a lot of bad things the, about the LA. Is, so no, the thing is, there is good things about LA. My parents' issue is not LA. My parents' issue is America. Okay, I feel I got like you. <laughs> you should understand that they are also. I was brought up Muslim, so they're Muslims. Mm -hmm. They're Muslims. They're Nigerian, and they're also from a like the culture that I'm specifically from, Hausa. So like. <laughs> America is like stressful for them you know oh, they're no. not used to all the things I'm like y'all do not have to come you can just stay at home but at the same time you know in general like the lifestyle here is generally better than in Nigeria so this is like them coming enjoying the lifestyle a little bit and then going back home and so yeah there will be like things like my mom's number one complaint this recent visit is cold drinks <laughs> i was like <laughs> wait like every... not liking cold drinks yeah she mm. was like why are they putting so much ice in my drink i'm like well because it's a cold drink <laughs> i was just like why would they always put ice and she complained each time and i was like why are you still being shocked at this like <laughs> it has happened three times now can we can we move on? <laughs> They're sabotaging me with all this ice. Do they think I'm a polar bear? What is going know, on? Like... <laughs> yeah, and my dad too, the same thing. The cold, his was also cold drinks and just like the cold temperature. I like, they stayed in a hotel. So I kind of went over to stay with them like every day to just like hang out with them. And I walked into the room and I'm telling you, I shoot you not, I'm pretty sure it was like, close to 80 degrees 
why is it hot in here i immediately like started freaking out I'm like i am not staying here with you guys <laughs> and i had to like come to a compromise of increasing the temperature i'm like dad it's not humanly possible to exist in this like temperature right now and like they're from a you know literally like the equator <laughs> so they're used to like hot climate and i get it i get it but i cannot i can't <laughs> yeah, do, so do, do they think you're you're weak now because you're like no i want to be i, I want to have be in air conditioning i want to you know they think, i want ice in my they drink think, yeah they think i'm weak in so many ways like my spice <laughs> oh, tolerance no. has gone down <laughs> i do not like spicy stuff as much like my mom was making me like home food when she came over and i was like over her shoulder just like gauging the amount of habanero pepper <laughs> she was putting in it and i was like mom that's enough she's like it's not even that spicy it was spicy (laughs) and she's like it's not even that spicy so they think i'm weak on that they also think i'm weak on like my lactose intolerance because i don't think we it was that bad at home but when i came here like yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) so they're like then they'll like start you know in the language like she's americanized i'm like okay whatever whatever (laughs) y'all paid for me to be here you cannot complain So yeah, it's a it's a always an entertaining time when they come. Over, I mean, it sounds like you sure. have to train for your parents to visit. <laughs> like oh I, I got like I'm, yes. I gotta do like like push ups and like sit in the sauna and I gotta <laughs> like eat a bunch of, of peppers. Like you have to run the the gauntlet to train yourself. It's like you have heard all the conversation with my friends <laughs> and like my girlfriend. I'm like okay. My parents are coming this week, baby. So let's let's start mentally preparing. <laughs> I literally have to mentally prepare because there's like so many things. I have to be like, you guys just have to accept this. That's how it is here. Can we move on? Can we not have this conversation five times about the cold water? <laughs> so yeah, it is a little bit of like a workout session and yeah (laughs) when you have parents from such a different culture and you've kind of come out of that culture there can be all these you know like things that kind of separate you guys and you kind of have to learn relearn to coexist with each other again yeah that's so true i feel like um going from a culture to another and like back and forth between countries there's always this little thing where you're like well i'm not entirely from this place but i'm not entirely from here either anymore it's kind of interesting it's a very Mm -hmm. interesting way to be yeah Um, and i the thing is oh sorry (laughs) no no that was the end of my thought (laughs) (laughs) and the thing is i don't think they get it either you know because again that the culture is so black and white right Mm -hmm. like to them i can't be from nigeria and kind of be a little bit like American in my lifestyle, <laughs> you know, so they'll, it's like, pick one. And I'm like, no, it's not black and white. <laughs> so they, yeah, if they can't wrap their head around it, which also creates like the <laughs> chaos, even <laughs> makes it even more chaotic. Have you ever thought of pitching a show or like um, creating your own kind of like story? I have. Honestly, I feel like it's it's a rite of passage <laughs> at this point, you know. Um, the thing is, I think 
what is happening with me in the moment is I'm trying to look inwards around that and I'm like, do I actually want to do that? Or am I doing it because it feels like that's the expectation mm-hmm. for everyone mm-hmm. right. that works in animation? Because I feel like if there's anything I would want to work on or pitch, it will be more like in the publishing setting. You know, mm-hmm. like um, picture books, graphic novels. I feel like those are the things that would actually bring me joy. With mm-hmm. animation, I kind of just want to art direct like i want to be an art director to mm. tv sh- to like shows and then eventually hopefully a feature film but i don't think i see myself being like a showrunner like that's the truth and it did mm. take a while for me to just accept that because i was like no you have to mm-hmm. want to create a show <laughs> and it's so cool that people want to because that means i get more shows sure. to watch mm-hmm. <laughs> you know but yeah turns out it's just like not for me i just i love the art part of it so much mm-hmm. i want to create the world you know so that's way more fun for me well i love yeah. how you say just an art director yeah. like that's anything to sneeze at that's like <laughs> that's like a like a really impressive <laughs> position there's nothing wrong with wanting to yeah. do that and not this other complete whole other skill set that you haven't yeah. even trained that much in you know yeah yeah like i love story you know in stuff but I've noticed that I can watch a really bad thing if it looks gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know how like story is king? In my head, design is king. Yes. <laughs> like I would watch something horrible because it looks pretty. So that's <laughs> kind of so I'm like, oh man, you cannot go with that mindset in <laughs> creating content. <laughs> so you know, I yeah, I think I'm I I would love being an art director. It really would be fun. And just from working on Proud 2, Dave, kind of, um, sometimes Eastwood has, like, given me, like, lineup of characters before Mm -hmm. he even has an idea of what their colors should be. And I, like, basically create the colors for those lineup. And I feel so good when that happens because I feel like, oh, yeah, I'm, like, in charge of this look, you know, for the characters. So... I know I would like really enjoy it when it eventually happens because I really have my eyes (laughs) like my sights set on it that's really cool I love that I love having an answer like those two because I do feel like it's like you said what you said about like oh it's expected that you know everybody should be pitching and all Mm -hmm. of that stuff and then and then yeah it's hard to know what you really want when um there's so many expectations um Mm -hmm. out there yeah for people yeah. i mean i'll be here to make art for people pitching too so you know mm-hmm. in connection i'm just i'm <laughs> finding my way in there at the end of the day so i was thinking of maybe going into some questions from our patrons okay from our patron mallard new patron hello uh what would you say is the hardest part of switching between prop color and character design on a job are there any rules or ways of working that apply to one job title but not the other i think especially between while i was doing color for proud i moved to props you know like i was doing Mm -hmm. color design for them and then when i moved to la they're like oh actually we want to like move you to props. Do you want to do that? I was like, Oh yeah, that would be awesome. So of course there's like the learning curve in knowing how to (laughs) 
do like the the photoshop you know setup and just knowing how everything is supposed to look versus using color mm-hmm. i think but i think that was the hardest part for me i think because color is already such a huge part of the way i work mm-hmm. in general just to my on my own i hardly ever post sketches or if I do, there will be color there. So it was never, it, I didn't feel like I was turning off a part of my brain and turning on another part of my brain to like work on props at all. So I didn't find as find it as hard as much. Character design, on the other hand, <laughs> I feel like it felt so, it's so much more different for me versus like props because it almost feels like any little mistake it's so obvious on a character, you know, because mm-hmm. it's like you have to consider anatomy a lot when like working on them. So there was definitely a lot of stress around that where I mm-hmm. felt like with props, I was just like painting and smiling. And, mm-hmm. and then with characters, it's like, oh, my God, this one eye is too close to the nose or something like that. So definitely like there's more intention I felt with drawing characters versus mm. drawing props for me. That's a great answer. That's Thank really you. I like I like how you describe it. It is also very clear, kind of the thought process mm-hmm. from our patron Joe Benson. Hi Joe. Which proud family character was your favorite to draw and which was your least? <laughs> hmm. Which was my favorite? Oh, I know the favorite for sure. Um, there's this character called Peaches, and she is like in the cowboy episode. There's like these two parter episodes. That's kind of where we ended season one and started season two. So she's like a really feminine cowgirl. And the minute I saw her sketches, like while we were doing reviews in, you know, <laughs> in like the meeting or whatever and the minute i saw her sketches they have not even cleaned her up yet they have not chosen her final colors i texted like my art director i was like eastwood i want to color her please please (laughs) please please (laughs) give me this character (laughs) and like the minute he gave it to me i mean the minute i saw her i already knew the colors in my head like i've been doing these like barbie redraws but Mm -hmm. making them like black version of barbie Mm -hmm. and giving them this like strawberry blonde hair and pink dresses so in my head i was like that's her color palette and that's what we're gonna go for and you know you're supposed to give variations (laughs) when you like color design something and then the art director would choose so i made sure to make the other variations not as (laughs) oh my god that that's so funny because all these all these things are um things that i don't think people know that exist a like being able to request of your director or your art director hey i have an idea for this sequence or this character or this prop can i be the one that color it that colors it and and that is something that happens with that happens with storyboard scenes that happens with characters but also this this other thing where like sometimes (laughs) you you try to work a little magic to like if you love a design like how can i convince these guys to I was like, oh God, please let him not like the bad ones. And thank God he didn't. So they went with like the color I was really excited for. And honestly, I felt like even if I did make them as good, Eastwood is such a like 
open art director that if I was like, Eastwood, I love this one. Here's the reason why I love it. Like, I think I've done that with a character that I colored her in a, in certain colors and I told him why I think this is better. And he's like, oh, okay, let's go with it. So, you know, like, that's the awesome part. If you do have like a very open art director, they're very okay listening to you. Like, it's not all the time that they think like their word is the end of it, you know? Mm. Yeah. So I think she was my favorite color <laughs> character to color for sure. That's awesome. <sighs> I think the least favorite, I can't pick one specifically, but any character that was wearing like plaid <laughs> or like Dude. had like texture. <laughs> I mean, that's not fun to animate either. That's just not oh fun my... in an animated yeah. show. I don't oh like, I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> any character that had like texture or plaid, mm -hmm. because I was trying so hard to like make sure the texture doesn't like end up looking weird in the turn and could also translate well when animating. And of course the plaid, who's gonna like pick coloring plaid? No one, I don't think so. So <laughs> I, yeah, I can't even pick a particular character, but I know there's some with like plaid. So if y'all see any character with plaid, I did not like coloring them. That's <laughs> Just picture you frowning at this plaid. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm. You frown at it when you see it in the store too. You're like, oh, my enemy. I was like, oh. Oh God, I remember. I remember you. We meet again. Flashbacks, yeah. <laughs> oh God. So funny. Yeah, I like that. Um that you said that you reached out to ask for an assignment. I think that's really cool. And also like how how long did it take for you to feel comfortable telling your art director, like reaching out in that way to your art director? Let's see. When did I I think I started that's because that was my first time doing that oh. and that that was like okay i think four maybe five months into mm. the job so it 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 was a while but mm -hmm. the love i had for the character was so much more than my fear <laughs> i think I, I think i like blacked out and i asked and it happened <laughs> like i don't think i ever remember how directly the conversation went it was just like i was so excited to like color her that i was i was the anxiety like flew out the window <laughs> so i'm pretty sure he still would have been open to it even if it was like earlier than you know mm. um five months or so but yeah i think that was when i think that the moment i did ask him and i saw that he was open to it that was when my body like my nervous system was like okay this is a safe space you can like recommend things you can try things out and mm. from then i kind of became more comfortable with voicing my opinions on stuff mm. yeah and it was always welcome honestly such an amazing crew to work with Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. <laughs> well, I guess that answers the question from our patron, Kitty Fries, who asked, what is a design you're very proud of? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> kind of does. I did do, like, prop design. So, I think there was a wheelchair that I designed for Sugar Mama. There's an episode where she broke her leg. And... I have run away from drawing like things like that, <laughs> you know, like cars, wheelchairs, um, tech stuff. I'm always like, I do not want to draw them because that's like so much perspective and I'm scared. But honestly, 
when I drew it, I was like, oh my God, you're getting it. Oh shit. You're getting it. Nice. <laughs> oh, okay, shit. everybody like, draw it... wheelchairs now. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. No, no, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> it was like, it, I was like, oh my God, okay, okay, this isn't so bad. And even the reception I got from like the art director was enough for me to feel like, okay, you can do it. So I'm proud of it and not necessarily because it's like, oh, it's amazing, but because I like did it, you know, I was so scared of like drawing cars and just any like basically transport mode of transportation i don't know but yeah mm. stuff like that and i didn't die turns out <laughs> doing that. so i'm really proud of that that's so funny i feel like um yeah i feel like that's a very real thing i hear from props designers they're like oh not the car again <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah perspective that's so funny <laughs> From our patron, Katie, I like this question. What has been the best routine and exercise that you think has helped you get to where you are today? I'm guessing by exercise? Like drawing. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Physical exercise, <laughs> doing push-ups yeah, yeah. while you're eating peppers in a hot room, like, training for like, your oh. parents. <laughs> I, was, I thought she meant physical. I'm like, oh God, wrong person, man. <laughs> wrong person to ask. Um... But I do think the thing that has like helped me the most has definitely been like my VizDev work. I think when practicing environment, like painting environments and like dealing with lighting and, you know, painting a room or stuff like that, I'm basically tackling every aspect of it. I'm doing props, I'm doing colors, I'm like dealing with lighting. It's like everything in one. So I find that every once in a while, I'm like, okay, we've been drawing too much fun pink stuff, Omaima. Let's draw a room now, <laughs> you know, so just to like warm up again and like learn. So I think that's been like the best thing that has worked for me in practicing my work. Like giving yourself a little challenge every once in a while. Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Especially perspective. <laughs> in case it's not obvious, <laughs> I have problems with it. I'm like, no. Okay, here, draw a, uh, a plaid uh, wheelchair <laughs> <laughs> in fisheye perspective. Oh, no. no, no, no. Fish eye, the plaid and fish eye. It's also like so Oh crazy. my god. I'll just start crying for you guys. I'm like, oh god. <laughs> sounds like that sounds like an exercise from school. I feel like a teacher would do that. They would do that because you know, they just like seeing us suffer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just like, all right, everybody, what are your pet peeves? What are the things you hate drawing? Okay. Now you have to draw those things one thousand times. <laughs> until you're expert at them that that is something that right. they do in art school and we have a couple of questions from instagram from matt jake in the flannel what is a production tip you wish you would have known when you first got studio work good question let's see i think i wish i knew that i could talk to the production coordinators about not having something done on time mm. yeah definitely i felt like i was kind of i I was so worried that if I didn't have this thing in time, you know, the usual, mm -hmm. I'm going to get fired. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Fear. But turns out if you do communicate with like the production coordinators and you're like this, I feel like I might not get this done on time. They can either like share the work out or prepare for like the delay. 
So it's very helpful to, you know, be honest with yourself around that mm-hmm. rather than just being quiet and then things kind of start getting messed up in the future. So yeah. I think, yeah, that was something I wish that I knew. And I think the only reason that I did find out about it was like, um, I was like part of the people that was asked to like help with someone's, you know, share because they were kind of getting sick, I think at the time. So I was like, oh, okay, we can do this. I guess <laughs> it's like not that deep. Everything is more dramatic in our heads yep. than it is in real life. <laughs> <laughs> very true that's a great that's a great answer that's a fun one from uh at winter space it's inter dot space but i just it's a one instead of an i uh what's been your favorite thing about working in the industry i want to say the friends i've made is definitely like there up there i feel like i don't think i like had as much like art friends growing up you know, like I didn't have friends that were artistically focused like that. And it kind of makes you a little bit of the oddball mm-hmm. <laughs> I've found, you know, in like in high school and especially in like a place that like art isn't really as encouraged or, you know, supported as much. So I always say it like it brings me so much joy that I'm around people now that I can be like, oh my God, it's like that one episode of Owl House and they'll get it. No one is looking at me with like a question mark on top of their head. <laughs> it felt like that was the case for me growing up a lot. You know, I'll like reference something and it's probably just my sisters <laughs> that know what I'm talking about. So I really love that. I have like a community of people that I just feel like I vibe with and another part of it is definitely just how much like being in the industry inspires me I think with my art it pushes me to like explore be true to myself with my Mm -hmm. art like I have been feeling a little down about it and we watched spider-verse recently and that lit a fire under my ass which i feel like is the same for everyone which by the way congrats v on working on congrats, such an awesome v. show <laughs> i like saw your name and i was like i was like i know her <laughs> it was me but, yeah so it's like amazing you know i love getting to see stuff like that that mm-hmm. just has you so excited you're like oh yes <laughs> i can do this yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's amazing I made the whole movie myself, by the way. Yeah, that's I why, knew it. That's why the my name is first in the... Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> I, I could tell. I knew it. <laughs> when people say that's so funny, I'm like, no, it's just alphabetical. There's not. There's no hierarchy already. Oh, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, having to explain that to like people that are in the industry. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, it's it's that... I, I agree. I think the community is great. I feel like mm. um, it does keep you inspired and I, I do feel like having I do feel like having a community of artists around you when you're like trying to improve your art and everything it's really something that is so valuable because it keeps you motivated it keeps you kind of like also in check with your goals and stuff mm-hmm. I feel like uh, that's yeah. something from people who are like 
uh, self-taught was very common. Like they would say like, oh, I found a community online that I joined. So I would just stay um, excited. So yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Oh yeah, for, yeah, we forgot to talk about Summer Camp Island. So oh, we have yeah. a YouTube question from at Dante Ante8823. Who is your favorite loud sister? I think they meant proud. Proud. And yeah, and the <laughs> favorite Summer Camp Island girl. My favorite proud, I think <laughs> she's such a she's such a mean person. La Cienega. <laughs> she's so mean. <laughs> she's like my favorite. Wait, by sister, do they mean like the villain? The like the three evil villains or I think it can be yeah. any. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think I have to go with like La Cienega. She is an only child though, so um with like the in the main cast, Penny is the well, she does have a sister, but we don't like focus on her so much. So yeah. I would say Penny for <laughs> like the main cast. And if they're just like talking about, you know, the friend group, it has to be La Cienega. I know she's mean, so I have to apologize for liking her but she loves like pink sparkly stuff so uh-huh. i'm biased <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> we can like mean characters yeah. without being without being mean ourselves it's okay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're right you're right i love that you have this very um on brand you have your you, have, you definitely have your brand <laughs> right i was like morality or cuteness <laughs> you know <laughs> are you excited for the barbie movie to come out oh Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. I'm already like online. My girlfriend doesn't like pink. Of course, she doesn't wear it at least. Like she doesn't hate it, but she doesn't wear it. Mm-hmm. But I'm like looking for pink outfits because she doesn't have a choice. And <laughs> I cannot wait for that movie. Oh my, it's going to be like my personality probably for the rest of the year after it comes out. Everyone's going to be sick of me and I'm going to have fun. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait for yes. that movie. Oh my gosh, it looks so fun. It looks so, so amazing. You kind of like touched on it a tiny, tiny little bit, but we like to ask our guests about their creative block. Do you mm. feel a creative block? And if you do, what does it feel like? And how do you deal with it? Mm-hmm. Uh, Yes, <laughs> I definitely do. And I think like I've noticed the pattern on like when it does happen, which I think is progress. <laughs> I think kind of knowing when like to expect it helps me go, go through it better mm-hmm. and also come out of it, you know, better. So I have noticed that it mostly happens when I do have, you know, either a full-time job or I have a freelance job that's like taking my full hours basically. And it's just, it starts affecting how much I think about my work and it starts affecting just my work outside of the (laughs) job itself. You know, I'm not able to think of anything fun or anything cool to draw, which sucks because I love doing that for myself. Mm. And that it's like a domino effect. Like the exhaustion leads to the creative block. The creative block makes me sad because I love drawing, (laughs) you know? So, um, yeah, I do battle like with that and I'm trying now to basically find a better way to like work and at the same time have time to make to like 
make my own stuff. And so far, my strategy has just been waiting it out. <laughs> I'm mm. like, okay, since thank God it's like happening while I'm working, it doesn't end up like affecting my work as much since because my work is very related to like an art director. Mm-hmm. like what they're telling me to do so i'm able to kind of just try to get in their head based off like their mood board or you know their mm-hmm. color script and just go off what they want i would say i almost become like a an art zombie <laughs> at that time i'm just <laughs> taking what they want i'm like well we're putting it down but i'm sure you like any work that i make at that time would definitely not be as good as like when i'm not dealing with creative block Mm. yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah I do feel like it's good sometimes to have a little task like you said like you were talking about like your art director giving me giving you an assignment because then it's like you know that you're you're still able to do things there's like a little Mm -hmm. bit of relief there yeah yeah I don't think I've like dealt with art block in relation to like work yet and maybe we're gonna get there because Every day, it's a new thing to learn. (laughs) But yeah, because I haven't, like, the character design stuff that I've done, I haven't done, like, full-time proper character design work. So I feel like that would be where, if it's going to hit me anywhere, that would be where it'll hit me. Because it feels like there's a lot of, like, creative thinking when it comes to character design. With props, I'm mostly going off real life, you know? Mm -hmm. Um so that isn't hard and with color design i'm going off like again a color script so that doesn't make it as hard do you you feel like um uh you developed an art regimen when you were just drawing things on your own uh and and that's helped you in any way for um your deadlines and for coming up with things on a regular basis now because in general you, you you had talked about uh, posting uh, a certain amount on social media and thinking about that kind of stuff a lot. I think it definitely there's like a phase, I, yeah, a phase <laughs> at SCAD. It was when I first got my iPad, like when I first got my iPad and I first bought Procreate. I was like, it was like monster, like the energy drink was like pumping through oh, my veins. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> Even my friend Justin was like, oh, Mama, do you do anything for fun? Because <laughs> I was just so excited to like have something I could carry around with me to draw. So I was drawing every day, just constantly. And I do not know how I didn't get burnt out then. <laughs> I was just like the excitement, the like adrenaline from the excitement was so much. I was just like, yeah, we're going to keep going. So I think kind of, just knowing that I could do that at that time. And at that time was also when I was growing my social media, you know. So it did mm-hmm. help. Like, it helped mm-hmm. with that because I was giving people content. And so in my head, it's like, you did it that one time. I think you can, if you can handle like that situation where you were just like feeding the algorithm, <laughs> you can feed the studios what they want. And the algorithm is your art director. Me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that really like helped me, I think, with like just getting my stuff done. And yeah, definitely. I think I didn't struggle with deadlines as much as I thought I would. And I don't know what's going to be the situation if I do go back into like a full-time job now that I've kind of 
gone through the stress <laughs> of visas and you know I'm exhausted but <laughs> I really hope that it wouldn't be a problem for me yeah yeah that's so funny like the whole yeah. uh, I do feel like I do feel like these challenges I think something like really clicked for me when I did Inktober really the first time so it was Inktober 20. 14 and I actually did it every day and I was like I'm gonna do an actual ink piece and then at the end of the month when you've actually did it you're like wow I can do this I can I can draw every day and do these big things you know and I think it's kind of like reminds me of how you're talking about um when you had your iPad and then you were like, yeah, I could I could draw I could draw every day building up that tolerance like that like yeah you know at first it's exhausting to do a full drawing in a day and then yeah it's n- and then it's not such a big deal once you've done it five days in a row mm-hmm. and then yeah. and then you just uh, end up doodling on everything that you can get a pencil <laughs> on <laughs> yeah yeah exactly that was super fun that was a super <laughs> fun interview i um am on my quest of finding a segue and i have none today so to <laughs> segue to the end it, of it sounds like a v has to uh it's... has to do some training yeah. doing push-ups over so eating some peppers and a sauna uh in yeah. order to learn how to properly segue to the end of our interview show i could use the everyday segue training end of the episode <laughs> training so with this little blurb, that's the end of <laughs> creative block. I love it. Maima, thanks for being our guest and sharing your story. Of course. <sighs> Thank you so much for having me. This was really, really fun. I love it. <laughs> and also, I just want to give a shout out to our listeners. Follow us on Twitter at CRTVBlock, where we ask for drawing prompts and questions to ask our guests. Huge thanks to our editor, Clements, for editing the podcast and Marco for helping us produce the show. If you love our show, then support us on Patreon. Um, Becoming a patron gets you early access to interviews as well as bonus episodes. We're working on it. Don't worry. It's going to be great real soon. Um, But, you know, if you also want to support us, but you don't have a ton of money, you can just like subscribe leave a comment all of that goes a super long way uh we really appreciate you interacting with our episodes y'all are absolutely amazing click the link in the description of this episode for um Maima's social media the patreon the everything i've been your host v and i was sean keep being creative <laughs> and we'll see you guys next week bye <laughs>